Welcome, Fivers, to another episode of High Five, the podcast, a movie podcast for people who like other stuff, too. On this week's episode, your hosts Q and Jay dive into some of their favorite movies and hopefully talk about some of your favorites, too. Feel free to yell at your speakers when we ignore your favorites, or you could just tweet at us with your choices, like an adult. Now, let's join Q and Jay in the writer's room as they dive in. Fair warning, this podcast may contain spoilers for movies that came out 20 years ago, but at this point, that's really your fault. And now, on with the show. Hey, Jay. Hey, Q. So, this week, I have a very special topic that I would like to talk about. It's a very special episode episode? It's a very, very special episode episode about everything and nothing all at once. It's a no-topic episode, Jay. Is this a Seinfeld episode where we're not talking about Seinfeld? Is this a podcast about nothing? It is. Should we high-five? We should high-five. Should we high-five? High five! High five! High five! High five! High five, son! Woo! High five! Don't let me hang it. All right, so <laughs> welcome back to High Five the Podcast with your hosts. I'm Q. And I am Jay. And this is an episode where we talk about nothing at all, but everything all at once. Everything and nothing and movies and other stuff and all Two. the things. <laughs> Was oh, that, yes. <laughs> was that poetic? That it sounded, was. That sounded like I was waxing poetic. I did. Um, I, I actually take flaxseed poetic. It's a, oh, you it's do? A new, it's a new brand that I take every morning. Is, does it help um, you poop regular? It does, but it also makes it very, you know, verbose and very oh. whimsical when I do it. When you poop? Mm-hmm. It makes for whimsy poops? Yeah, like when I'm pooping, I'm like, oh, this is flaxing poetic. Like, it's great. Oh, God. I love yeah. that. You That's get it. genius. Did it makes you, make you regular, that? but slightly off center. Oh, I got yeah. it. It's. Uh, I was trying to think of some sort of William Shakespeare poo joke, but uh, <laughs> I couldn't come up with anything. Romeo, Romeo, wherefore out thou, Romeo? Are you shitting? Sploop. <laughs> Sploop. <laughs> That's the sound of a poop hitting water. <laughs> My dearest Ophelia. Bloop. <laughs> out, out, damn spot. <laughs> Of poo. Toil, toil, poop, and bubble. Yep, that's true. Uh, we don't know Shakespeare, Q. No, we don't. I was trying I'm to realizing, think of another one. I I'm realizing like, right now that we're trying to be all like like quippy with Shakespeare quotes, but I know so little about Shakespeare. To poop or not well, to poop? That is the question. Whether it is nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune. Outrageous fortunes. <laughs> all right, or Bradley to Whitford. leave this dude. Right. Hard <laughs> <laughs> to leave this Duke. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure there is a there is a a Shakespeare play somewhere where a character is a Duke of something for sure. And you can make a whole bunch of Duke references. So we could say they're like the Duke of Toilette. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The Duke the- of Bowl. <laughs> That's it. There is our Shakespeare shit-themed play. It's going to be called The Duke of Bowl. Yep. 
And it's all going to be about some sort of family drama and shitting. And we're going to do like a Knight's Tale. We're going to mix it in with like modern music. But instead, we're going to use like 50s doo-wop. And the intro song is going to be Duke, 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 Duke of Bowl. Duke, Duke, Duke of Bowl. Yeah. Duke of Bowl. Sorry. No, that was great. <laughs> that was amazing. That was pretty beautiful. That I will was, say, that I will was say that was pretty beautiful. I but rolled I thought, a tear. I thought when you um you were you're gonna say we're gonna do a, a knight's tale type of thing, it was, it was gonna be all like Limb Biscuit and Nickelback. <laughs> totally, that would be. I did it all for the Dookie. Yeah, yeah, the Dookie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you can take that bowling <laughs> and shove it up your, your yeah, and coming out your yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Exactly. I, I'm so happy we're doing a whatever episode today, yeah, Q. Yeah, well, welcome to Poop Talk with Q and J. <laughs> hi, hi, twos. Hi, deuces. Hi, deuce the podcast. Uh, no, so we decided uh, to switch it up a little bit. We've just, there's been go so much going on in the realm of movies and television and pop culture, and there's things that you and I have seen that haven't really fit into the conversation of our themes, and so we decided, hey, it's our show. Let's just talk about whatever the fuck we want to talk about this week. Yeah. Well, I mean, like you said, there's been a lot of stuff going on. Um, we've got the Oscars in a handful of days, and that switched up. Like, there's been at least three controversies about that so far this year, which is crazy. For um, sure. Been, As you uh, know, the Oscars, the most controversial thing exactly. on television. Like, it's it's like CNN and Fox News and then Variety. Like, it's the the weirdest ones of who's ho- hosting the controversies. Totally weird. Um, there's been a lot of casting news released. There's been a lot of movie news released. I think you and I have both seen a handful of things that we haven't talked to each other about. So, I mean, it was just, it felt right to sort of have a grab bag type episode. So we can talk about what we want to talk about. We can talk about what the people want to talk or want us to talk about. We can grab um, each other's bags. We we can. It's going to be great. It's going to be uh, amazing. I, I'm I'm loving it. You know, I would think that just to transition in softly and smoothly. Um, <laughs> yep. What 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 do what do we watch this week? Q? Clunk. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I watched. Uh. Let's see. What did I watch? I watched Lego Movie Two. Ooh, the second part. In IMAX. Oh, nice. Um, I really enjoyed it. Although, can I say there was a weird, and this is this is nothing about the movie. This is actually post-movie. They do this cool credit scroll at the end uh-huh. where it's like, it's still animated Lego blocks, but it's the characters are actually made out of Lego blocks instead of being like minifigures, if that makes sense. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they kind of like build the characters in a less detailed version out of Legos. Yeah. Um, that's cool. Like in real life or like CGI like well, the movie. Well, I think it's still CGI. It's still but it it is that weird like it looks like real life CGI. So, sure. You know what I'm talking about? So I don't know. It very well could have been like actual Lego blocks. Well, I remember when that first one came out, I had conversations with a, a handful of people that were like, "Oh yeah, no, that was stop motion." It's like, "No, no, it was CGI." Made to look like stop motion. Which, by the way, they have 100% cornered the market on. It looks very convincingly like stop motion animation. The whole thing. I mean, I love it. I love how good those movies are about that aesthetic. But in the end, there is this weird... So they're singing... uh, Lonely Island has another song. Of course. In this movie. Um, 
everything's not, still awesome. <laughs> I wish. It was not an everything's awesome song. There's actually multiple songs throughout this movie this I like time that. around. And I bet you like that. I did. And the majority of them are written by uh, John LeJoie. Hmm. Who's that? You know, wait, 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 wait. Is he the guy that did the uh, the, the Slaughter Summer Camp song that you like from yes. the league? Yes. Yeah. I knew so, I recognized that so name. So he wrote these songs, and, which are awesome, by the way. But the la- the end credit song is about the end credits, and it's Amazing. by Lonely Island, and they just talk about how awesome credits are, <laughs> and they're like credits, the best part of the movie, you know, and they're like, so the whole song is just about the credits, and it's playing over the credits, but they have I like this that. weird moment, so they're showing like things <laughs> from current pop culture, sure, sure, and they have what I believe to be. And it's because it's not super detailed. What I believe to be Donald Trump and uh, and Clinton, Hillary Clinton holding hands like on really? a, it's really weird. And it's like way off. Sc- it's kind of like on the side corner of the screen. It like scrolls past. Oh, weird. And I was like, what a weird statement to like make in a children's. Movie. It's like, all right, Lego movie. Right. It was so it was so weird because nothing else in the entire thing was political None of the credits were political, but they had this like weird. And I mean, with orange skin and yellow hair, it had right, to be, and yeah. wearing a suit, it had to be Donald Trump. Um, and but the other one, I couldn't quite make it out. It could have just been Trump and Melania, maybe. Really? But it was just a Trump figure, like kind of scrolls <sighs> so past. Weird. And I was like, I. It was so weird that I made mental note of it, and I'm telling you about it now. That's how weird it. It's felt. so weird that it's the first thing you told me about the movie. Because I, honestly, when I came home and I talked to, because Haley didn't go with, I, I. This is a kids movie that I saw on my own. Not creepy. Smart. Yeah, that's good play. Good play. Um, were you in? Were you in sweatpants and a fishnet shirt? I was in no pants and a Great. fishnet shirt. Perfect. But yeah. It's fine. The kids couldn't see. I mean, they were sitting to my right and left, not on my right. lap. So exactly. It's fine. Um, but that was the first thing I told her when I got home. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> she was like, how was the movie? And I was like, well, let me tell you about this weird in credit sequence. Let me tell you about this one second weird thing that happened in the credits. I don't know why it was in there. But then in my mind, so then I went down the rabbit hole of the fact that maybe, you know, if this wasn't stop motion animation or if it was or if it's computer animation – that means somebody spent days modeling this weird Trump figure that was going to be in this movie for like two seconds. Someone's on like, job was to do that. Right. So then I'm like, so this isn't like the days of hand-drawn animation where something was like snuck in in the background. Like <laughs> right. somebody kept right. walking over to Todd's computer while he's modeling Donald Trump and going, hey, what are you working on? He's like, oh, I'm still working on Trump today for the end credits of the Lego movie, <laughs> Le- too. This Lego Trump. I just don't think I've got the hair wispy enough. And that's the that was the conversation that I'm like, I would love to know what the fuck was going on there. Like, what a weird... Like I said, like, hey, Todd, how's Trump going? Oh, what? good. What are you working on? A new presidential campaign? No, the end credits of Lego Movie 2. <laughs> oh, Okay. It's Why? in the credits, though. If you'd, if, you know, Q, if you had actually paid attention to the credits, you would have seen about halfway through the list it said Trump modeler Yergey Smirnov or something. In Russia, <laughs> model Trump you. Yeah, see what I see what I did there. We're getting super political. <laughs> so that was good. It was a good movie. <laughs> so, uh, okay, okay, 
you don't have to tell me anything about it or like break down or, or reveal any spoilers okay. because obviously I haven't seen it and neither have some of our listeners. Sure. But um, I know Corey saw it, our friend Corey, friend of yeah. the show, and mm-hmm. he really liked it. Yeah. And he said it is very comparable to the first. How I, how do you feel that it lives with the first? I would 100% agree. I think it carries the story perfectly. Um, it does connect to the first. It's not just like a sequel for sequel's sake. Sure. Um, and it does actually, uh, by the end of the movie, it kind of completes an arc that I think the first and second work together as like a closed-ended story. Oh, kind cool. of like part one of a story and an actual part two, like it's called. I like that. Not and, just a clever title, an actual like meaningful clever title. Right, right. I dig that. So, so uh, here's a very important question, Q. Sure. It's mm-hmm. very important. Yes. Is there too much Chris Pratt? Uh... You know what? Yes. Yeah, <laughs> slightly. <laughs> I am. I am in that mode of Chris Pratt overload. Oh, like, see, that's why I ask because I kind of am too. I like him. I think he's I, funny. I, do I like as the well. things he has done. His social media is weird, but he. I like the acting that he has done. But he is literally in everything. Yeah, for me, it's a little. It's a little too much. <laughs> Guardians, Jurassic Park. The, the Lego movies, I feel like he's kind of in all genres of film right now. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, he's hard to escape. He's like, he's someone that you really like, but he's just always there. Right. And it's like, I don't want to hang out with him all the time. It'd be like if the Babadook was John Stamos. Like, you're right. always around. I like you, Stamaduke. But you're just in the corner of the room standing there always. And I don't want that. It's the really first, weird. The first two weeks of this were really cool. Like, Stamaduke hanging out. Cool. We friends. But, like, after week three, when you're not talking to me, I want to talk full house, Stamaduke. Now it's just odd. Yeah. Now it's just weird, and I don't know where you got that top hat. Now you're less like Stamaduke and more like Dave Coulier-a-Duke. Now I want Now I, want now I just want you to go away. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it ironic? It is um, so ironic. That I just want you to go away. <laughs> I gotta love now it. I want a picture of John Stamos standing in a darkened corner of someone's room wearing a top hat. For sure. Make it happen, audience. Yeah. So, I'm going to figure that out. So I saw that movie, and my other like big that I went to the theater movie to go see was uh, Battle, Eagle, Battle Angel Alita. Okay. This is another one I have to add you and and we have to go into a little bit of okay. spoiler territory okay, for this let's one. Let's do it. Because I have had a stark feeling that that movie is going to be bad. Yeah. Just from everything that I've seen. Yes. And then reviews started to come out and even I uh, mentioned him again friend of the show Corey gave it a wildly positive review. Yes. I am so confused on what to think about this movie, Q. I, I, I know our listeners probably are, too. Tell us, should we see Alita Battle Angel and how amazingly great of a cinematic experience is it? Go. Uh, you should absolutely go see Alita you seriously? Battle Angel. Yes. Is Corey right again? <laughs> Corey's right again. Uh, oh, Corey. It's, it's really good, dude. It's real good? Yeah, like... I okay, but here once again, here's the here's the thing. I went into the movie expecting bad, expecting to hate this movie, or at least expecting to be like, I'm gonna watch a a video game cutscene for two and a half hours. <laughs> right, um, right. But first off, let me say, the special effects hold up 
so much better than the trailers would okay. let on. Now, so, did you see it IMAX 3D? Or I sure what was did. the experience? I okay. saw it IMAX 3D. So here's another weighty statement. Are you ready for this? this uh, yeah. Uh, this is it. maybe the best use of 3D that I have seen since Avatar. So even better than, like, Gravity? Yes. Gravity was an experience in the theater. It was, but this movie works (sighs) it in so seamlessly into the story that it it actually makes you feel like you're in this world. And that is what I feel like the point of 3D is. I, I can agree with you. And we've had this conversation before, and we've talked about, like, gimmicks. And maybe we'll do an episode in, in the future about, like, the top five 3D movies. But sure. One of the things that I always appreciated about Avatar was the fact that it felt like the 3D was purposeful. So you had, you know, his computer screen looked like it was in front of him. You know, the pods, the the depth of the forest, um, all of that felt on purpose. And then most things are are post-op. You know, they're they're filmed, they're done, then they're post-converted into 3D, a la, you know, Revenge of the Titans or whatever the fuck that was called. Right. Clash, not Clash. Clash of the Titans. Was it Clash? No, it was the second one. It was, it was the Wrath. Wrath, Wrath of, the of the Titans. That one was just awful. Um, and so I always am wary when it's like, this is a 3D experience. But I'm happy to hear that Alita Battle Angel seems to on purpose use 3D. It really does. And I will say definitively, um, and I told Haley this once again when I went home, or when I got home. I see a lot of movies by myself. That's kind of my me time. That's my decompression well, but you, time. But you guys have that A-list, right? We do, yes. Okay, so like But that- there's there's movies that she's not interested in, such as Lego Movie 2 or Alita Battle Angel. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's like there are movies she's not interested in. You have three a week that you have to use. Totally. Or should be using. Totally. You know, so, so I do. it makes sense. You go so, by yourself. Um, so I went to go see this movie, and... When I came back, the first thing I told her was, I'm actually pumped for a sequel. Like, I will actively look forward to the follow-up movie to this film. And let me tell you, there should be a follow-up movie to this film. Really? Yes. Like, the story is complete in the essence of the movie, but is not complete in the essence of all of the characters. Well, that's really cool. So it does. That's one of the other things that I was really surprised with. Movies like this, for me, tend to have their sequel setups feel like cash grabs. Right. And this did not. This is actually telling a story where I'm like, ooh, I want to know where this goes. How does this turn out? You know? Um, But it also wrapped up the story it was telling, so it also didn't feel like a cheat, like they're just saving the rest of the movie for a sequel. Right. Well, that's and that's that's good. I'm glad that they that's how you build a universe. Like make the first one actually good, but leave but leave threads that can lead to and, more as opposed to setting up more for 80% of it and then having a story for the other 20. And there is a cameo in this movie which I will not spoil who it okay. is, but it is one that is so big that when you see it, I did a double take like Wait a minute, is that President Obama? It only showed it for like a couple seconds and then it went away and then it came back more towards the end of the movie again and I was able to see see them more clear faced. Uh Uh-huh. And I was like, Holy shit, 
why are they in this movie? Like, <laughs> the, like I'm fine with it, but it was such a weird, out of total left field casting that I right. would have never imagined for this movie. Um, so I'll put that out there. Second off, the special effects were literally, I mean, breathtaking. Really? Also, I think this may be, um, God, I can't think of his name now. The director. James Cameron? Uh, Robert, Robert Rodriguez. Oh, oh, Robert Rodriguez, yes. Working with James Cameron. I think this is his best movie. Really? And I think it's because it's not a Robert Rodriguez movie. This right. is 100% a James Cameron movie. Really? Like, it feels like James Cameron. The pacing is James Cameron. The style feels James Cameron. The only fingerprint that I felt of Robert Rodriguez on this movie, honestly was the fact that there was a lot of Hispanic heritage mixed into the movie instead right. of, they kind of substituted Hispanic heritage for Asian heritage okay. it felt like so instead of being a movie that felt very Asian at its core because it does it is it is from a manga and so it's totally it's rooted in Asian culture but it does feel like instead he kind of took it and put a a Spanish culture gotcha. spin on it, which well, I, I mean, don't mind. It actually worked for the movie. Well, Although I mean, the, some of the, the characters are still named like Ito and oh, like, really? yeah, stuff uh, like that, which did feel kind of weird. See, in that case, I feel like there's maybe should have been more like editing or maybe more adjustments for that because they even cast like Rosa Salazar. Um, yeah. As the Alita. Lead. As Alita, which she's been actually impressing me lately. You know, she Dude, she's in, great in this movie. She was in Bird Box and was pretty good in Bird I Box. I actually forgot she was a cartoon in this movie, to be honest. Really? Like, okay, she, that was gonna that was gonna ask. Uh how did she do with Mocap? She feels like a real character, like Andy Circus level. Whoa, like, that's impressive. Like you forget, and I mean, obviously, her gigantic eyes like sure. remind you that she's a cartoon. That she was that she was drawn by Amy Adams and Big Eyes, right? <laughs> exactly. But for the mo that she is a living Tim Burton, Tim Burton T character. Tim Burton. <laughs> yeah, he's knockoff Tim Burton. Tim Burton. <laughs> I like Tim Burton because he sounds like someone I could have as my accountant. No, I gotta take this over to Tim Barton's office. <laughs> He'll tell he me what to do. He does all my finances, but he does it in a kooky way. For sure. But it and is for one some of reason Helen Bottom Carter's always involved. You and I have talked about um the fact that Uncanny Valley is a really big problem yeah. when it comes to these movies that are very heavily CG'd, especially right. when they try to do a human type character. Yes. And I will yes. say that this thing leaps right over the Uncanny Valley. Like no nothing felt dead eyed to me. Even the characters, there is a character and I'm trying to think of the actor who played him. He's in the trailer. Um, Is it the dude with the finger knives? Ed, Ed Screen. Oh, he, oh yeah. He was uh, the bad guy in the first Deadpool. Totally. So he's in this. And the only thing that is not computer animated is his face. Like, legitimately, just, like, Oh, his face. is he in the trailer as, like, the face on the android yes. body? Okay. Yes. But even that looked super fucking convincing it looked like something that would have been in like ai to are be honest. his are his eyes big i wonder if it's the eyes no. oh, okay it's i wonder not. if that was like they cracked the code with the uncanny they're like you just gotta make them <laughs> ridiculously gigantic and then no one really even cares um but so one of the things that did bother me like i said was the naming was weird sure so christoph waltz is in this movie right 
and his name is Dr. Dyson Ito. Perfect. Um, which felt weird. He looks it, like an Ito to me. It felt it felt very Asian. Um uh Jennifer Connolly is in this movie. Oh, I didn't know she was in this. Um, totally. <laughs> and dude, this is gonna sound ridiculous. But in the movie, I'm watching her and I see her come on screen and I'm like, Demi Moore or Jennifer uh, Connolly? And then a couple scenes went by and I was like, Demi Moore? Jennifer <laughs> Connolly. Demi Moore or Jennifer? Oh, no, Jennifer Connolly. No, Got Jennifer it. Connolly. But I no, don't know why my brain was wanting to like, I didn't, I don't know. My brain wasn't wanting to like accept that that was Jennifer Connolly. It kept trying to tell me it was Demi Moore. <laughs> There's some sort of like weird uh, code override happening in that movie. That's really funny. Um, um, but yeah, it's good. Go see it. Give it all your money. It cost a fuck ton, so you're going to have to if we want to ever see a sequel. <laughs> right. It costs like $170 million to make. Oh. But that's, that's only partially what um, some of the movies lost we talked about the other week. But it opened better than expected. It opened with $51 million, So I mean, I not, bet this is going to rake in overseas. Oh, 100%. Like, it's going to rake in, like, mountains but of I, money. But I will say that because the buzz felt so negative coming off of the trailers and stuff, I feel like it's really, really, really going to be up to positive word of mouth Yeah. to keep this movie making money domestically. Like, mm -hmm. I really think it's going to it's gonna be me telling you and the people who are listening to our show, hey, go see Battle Angel Alita. It's not nearly as bad as you thought it was going to be. <laughs> uh, uh, that should be their tagline. Ba Alita, Battle Angel, not as bad as you thought it was going to be. As opposed to an angel falls, a warrior rises, not as bad as you expect. Totally. 100%. That's okay, well, this, this uh, bears another question then. Okay. Because of how good the mocap is in this and because of how good... Rosa is. Yes. Should we have a mocap Oscar now? Uh, a mocap Oscar? Like a mocap category in the Oscars. Oh, like I was like, you want to just have like an Oscar statue come no, to life? Just for mocap, yeah. No, a whole Oscar ceremony just for mocap stuff. No, Got it. Like a mocap performance Oscar. <sighs> Best mocap performance. Okay, I'm going to, speaking, because the Oscars are, are coming up, here's the deal. Or not coming up. Happened? <gasps> no, no. They, they will. Uh, when this episode goes live, they will happen two days after. Got it. Perfect. Okay, so since we have them coming up, um, here's the deal. Uh, oh, God. This is going to be a controversial statement. <laughs> I, I wonder if we should just include those actors to, to be eligible for best actor... Best, best actress, best supporting, based on their character's level in the story. Because in my mind, it requires the same amount of acting level, especially with how mocap is done today. I mean, they've got sensors all over your face, so they're sure. still having to perform right, as if a camera was filming them as opposed well, to a computer. And even when Circus was doing it, he was running around on set. Like That's what I'm saying. Doing like the it's, shit. yeah, I mean, and so was so was Salazar in this movie. Um, so I almost feel like they should just be as eligible as any other actress or actor. The fact that it's being captured in a different way, I don't know, should necessarily sure. deter their eligibility. You know what? That is an amazing point, Q. 
I've never thought of it that way. I've always thought of should there be a mocap category or should there not be? But what you just said is they're acting. It's just being captured in a different way. That is really intriguing. Thanks. I like that a I like that idea a lot. I'm smart. Yeah, you fucking are. I'm just learning this. It's <laughs> um, amazing. So it's are our amazing. listeners. I don't all, know. Everyone's head is collectively exploding I, I just, at this moment. Yeah, along with me. No, no. I mean, I think that's a really, really good idea. And that would be, I am now on board with UQ. This is the movement that I want to push forward for the Academy Awards is that instead of creating a mocap category, we just allow them to be eligible to be nominated for the other categories. For sure. Supporting and lead. Hey, can I ask you a question since yes. we're doing a little Oscar talk? Um, what is your feeling on the Oscars wanting to exclude next Netflix films? I fucking hate that. I am so mad. I, I hate it. Can I ask you, why do you think they're doing that? I, I really think they just have a bug up their ass, and they're like, well, if it's not in theaters, it's not a real movie. Like, completely ignoring the fact that hundreds of people worked really hard for a long time to make these movies. Like, yes, Netflix has some movies that aren't great. We watched sure. Death Note and didn't really like it. No, of sure. course. Yep. But Okja is really great. Yep. Like, Okja could have been in theaters. What about... Netflix just owned it. What about Beasts of No Nation? Exactly. Beasts of No Nation. Wait, did that get nominated for something? I don't know, but uh, Roma... Roma? Is, Roma's released. Well, it's nominated. I know, but, like, there's always been this weird stigma, and that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, like Roma ha has a Netflix release right now. Yeah. But are is it a Netflix release like is it a netflix film oh, like see, a netflix original or that is it... i don't know i think they may have just bought the distribution rights to it okay because i think and and on, honestly i i should know but i don't on with that one um i'm looking at that because there are some that like we'll, we'll use amazon as an example amazon will get the distribution rights to some but then there are some movies like um manchester by the sea that is an amazon oh. production Interesting. Okay, so Netflix, tricky Netflix. I did think they rent out theaters and show Roma did. to get They're, eligibility? They showed Roma. They showed Ballad of Buster Scruggs, and they showed Bird Box, where it had a one-week theatrical window, just enough to be considered for the Academy. Yep. See, I feel like they shouldn't have to do that. I agree. I, like, feel like, I feel like it should be based on if a percentage of your staff and your crew and your actors are part of SAG, DGA, Screenwriters Academy, like all of those, if you have a certain percentage of people in those factions working on a film, then it's a film. Well, to go back to something brilliant I just said a few minutes ago, um, it's people are still acting. It's just a different way of capturing it. This is... These are still movies. It's just a different way of releasing it. Yeah, it like, really is. It's still a film. It was still. It still has the the manpower, the brain power behind it to make this piece of art. It's just being distributed in a different way. And I don't know that it should be. The Oscars are not the Oscars. The theatrically released movie picture <laughs> yeah. association. You know what it I mean? It is. It is the movie. It's the, yes, the motion picture association. Of so it's. So it's. It's weird. It's still a motion picture. I, I agree. And I think it is weird that like Netflix and Amazon have to go through those hoops of renting out theaters 
for certain periods of time do you think, to have it be qualified. Do you think they're doing it because the Oscars are scared that Lifetime's going to submit their 100,000 movies they release a year Probably. for Oscar Probably. or Hallmark Channel? They're like, if we let Netflix and Amazon do it, you know it won't be long before the O Network and Hallmark are beating our doors down. Hallmark will just own the category Best Non-Released Christmas Movie. <laughs> One best 100 Christmas Movies. <laughs> yes. I, that you know what that's probably exactly why the academy's like listen we can't open that floodgate because then lifetime and hallmark are never going to leave us cuz they're yeah cuz they're going to be they are they to take it back to a joke from last week they're they are that deformed spartan right. outcast it's like hey guys let me get my movie in there and everybody's <laughs> like you can't even lift a movie and he's like oh yeah i can't lift a movie and then every year around christmas he's like i'm coming yeah, look, I did it again, everyone. I'm leading a barrage of 27 films that were made about Christmas that no one can identify. All starring Lacey Z Chabert. Chabert. <laughs> I'm so glad you made a Lacey Chabert reference. Ah, that's funny. She lives in the Hallmark Studios, I think. She I think does, her, 100%. I think she has an apartment there. Yep, she Tell does. Tell Lacey we say hey. They just uh, they unplug her from the wall after charging, <laughs> and they just like wind her up and put her into a movie. Um <laughs> But here's, you know, who else is getting dangerously close to that territory? Uh, Vanessa Hudgens. <laughs> yeah, been, she sure is. She's been making quite a few of them uh, Christmas Hallmark princess movies. <laughs> she she makes a lot of princess confusion movies. <laughs> exactly. That's Confused princess, the movie. Yeah. Oh, man. But uh, so that was, that was just my question that I had for you was That's I wanted a- to know where you fell on, you know, eligibility of movies that aren't theatrically released i feel like if they're quality films they should be considered for quality categories that's the the long and short of it so speaking of quality categories and another controversy regarding the oscars how about them trying to cut some of the award ceremony during commercials i was actually pretty mad about that um it seems like a weird move like for them to select what was the the prominent one was cinematography. <laughs> yes, cinematography which blew and my editing. Mind the fact that they were like, we'll just do that one during commercials. Nobody cares. What? Yeah, that's the thing. I care. I care very much. The thing about it was like I celebrated so hard when Roger Deakins finally won. For sure. You know, and when he won for Blade Runner, I was so happy. I was so thrilled. And then they're like, all right, well, we're gonna go from that to not even showing cinematography. And then they're like, well, wait, wait, we're going to show it. We're just going to have it go during the commercials and then show a highlight reel at the end of the Oscars of who won. It's like, fuck you. Cinematography is like a huge deal. Cinematography and editing. How, yeah. Like those are two of the things that make a film good. I can't remember what directors came out and said it, but there were two or a couple of directors that came out and they were like, without editing or cinematography, there is no movie. Like, right. That's the thing. That was what was baffling me so bad about it is that you don't have to be a movie geek. You don't have to be hosting a podcast every week about movies to appreciate this. If you don't have good cinematography and don't have good editing, you literally don't have a movie. Right. You just <laughs> don't. All. Right. That's you just... don't. And like there was uh, something I saw that was really funny because we're on Letterboxd. Um, and if you know, uh, shout out, if you don't follow us on Letterboxd, please do. Uh, but there was a list that someone put out on Letterboxd that sort of, quote-unquote, went viral. But it was the top ten movies 
that don't feature cinematography or editing. And then when you clicked on the list, it was just empty. It said, there are no movies in this list. <laughs> because it's brilliant. Because that's so ignorant. Yes. To think. And also, let's be honest. The Some of these cinematographers, like you mentioned, Roger Deakins, some of these people are legends. Legends. As far as, as the film industry goes. And so to not give them their just desserts for making an amazing picture is a crime. Like, yes. that is so disrespectful. I can't even think of anything more disrespectful than that. Then to be you. like, Then to be like, yeah, that's like literally going, hey, we're going to have your birthday at McDonald's, but instead of McDonald's, it's going to be the bathroom at McDonald's. And instead of just during the bathroom at McDonald's, it's going to be after McDonald's is closed and no one's invited. <laughs> <laughs> and then and, and even more than that, it's not a McDonald's, it's a Fazoli's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. It's like... Why Why do that? That just seems like a slap in the face. It's like... <laughs> I was going to say, it's like you got invited to a party at Demi Moore's house, but you show up and realize it's Jennifer Connelly's house. <laughs> and you're like, son of a bitch. I thought I was coming to a good party. I thought I was going to meet Bruce Willis. But I mean, like that this thing is... And what you mentioned, Deacons. But I mean, even more than that, you've got like Robert Richardson from the 90s and like Tak Fujimoto who like changed the landscape of Japanese cinematography. Like you've got people that deserve... This is the time of year. This is the event of the year where we get to celebrate someone who's not Brad Pitt. For sure. And these are the people behind the scenes who are writing, directing, designing costumes, um, making things look pretty, making things feel the same, making things sound right. This is when we honor them. And to then take that away and put it during the commercials and show a highlight reel so you can get back quicker to, like, people from SNL doing a funny skit about Green Book. I don't, ca I don't need that. I want us to honor the people who need to be honored. For sure. And it's, it's crazy. And I think sometimes people don't see how much these people shape the movies that we have seen and love. So right. to speak of uh, an editor, because editors don't always get a love, and we will we will give them a love on our show because we know how yeah. much they are appreciated. But let's talk about Michael Kahn. This, oh, this yeah. guy directed or edited Raiders of the Lost Ark, <sighs> Schindler's List. Oh, really? I didn't know he did Saving Schindler's. Private Ryan. Yeah. And he won Oscars for all three of those. But outside of that, he also edited Goonies. Nice. Nice. So, I, I mean, this guy, some these people have literally shaped the movies that we love. Yeah. And so to, to take away their category, or not take away their category, but to show their category during a commercial break is bullshit you know what it is it's terrible editing <laughs> yes yes that's what it is you know and and honestly what i did is i went and looked at who's nominated for this year's cinematography award since we were talking about them yeah and we've got cold war the favorite never look away which i haven't seen roma and a star is born these are huge Ooh. films that look amazing those they deserve were. to be talked about. I totally agree. 100%. Oh, man. 100%. So, I'm glad that when we put out our story about it and shared our outrage over the Academy doing that, that they quickly reverted their opinion, letting everyone know that High Five the Podcast makes a difference. That's right. We are the 1%. <laughs> <laughs> the 1% that no one likes. Exactly. Um, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Just to continue this hate Oscar train yeah. rolling with their final thing. 
What do you? What's up with this fucking hosting bullshit this year? You know what? That's so weird. Um, to me, I, I'm okay with it in overall because uh, I was reading about it. You know, this is what apparently they used to do this a lot in like the '80s and before like the host became a thing. Right. Um, but. I feel it's one of those weird, I'm going to take my ball and go home type of things. Right. Like, because they had, they reached out to a lot of people and they had Kevin Hart on yes. deck. Yes. Yep. And then Kevin Hart. Uh, was the uh, victim, let's let's call it what it is, was the victim yep. of a resurfacing tweet. The same kind that took well, down James Gunn. A handful of tweets. Either way, fair. they were from years, years ago. ago. Yeah. And he apologized to them already. He has done this before. Yes. And yeah. They, like he has. A, I think what I think what made people mad this time was that he wouldn't apologize again. But he kept saying, "I've already addressed this. I'm not going to do this again." Which I I can be okay I, with. You know what? I'm fine with that. I'm going to go a step further. And Jay, this may not be your opinion. I respect that. Uh, I do. I feel like there has to be a certain point where you draw a line. And you say, I'm not going to let these actions define me for the rest of my life. You know what? I can agree with that statement. You know, I I don't agree with what he said, like the what the content of those tweets many, sure. many years ago. Of course. Um, I don't agree with them. But, but clearly I do neither, agree. neither does he. Exactly. I do agree that people can grow and change and should not be held accountable for their, you know, past mistakes. That's the thing. Me and Amanda were talking yesterday. Uh, not about Kevin Hart, but we were talking about the guy who killed the mountain lion with his bare hands. Do you hear about this story? No. Okay. So there was a guy, I think in Colorado somewhere, he was, he was running on a trail and a mountain lion attacked him while he was running. And he got the upper hand by hitting the mountain lion with a rock, jumping on its back and then strangling it to death with his bare hands. What? This is how he survived a mountain lion attack. Whoa. And so he's being regarded as like, you know, he's going on all these talk shows. He's probably going to write a book. I bet James Franco is going to be him in a movie. Uh, but he's like doing all these things. But I was telling Amanda, I was like, because of the society we live in, we're not allowed to have nice things. So right now, someone is going through his Twitter with a fine tooth comb to find the first time he was mad at his secretary ever. For and sure. we're gonna we're gonna demonize this guy because we're praising him right now and we're not allowed to have nice things. For sure. Like that uh, whole that whole quote of everybody's gonna have their fifteen minutes of fame, we need to expand that in our in our day and age and be like, everyone's gonna have their fifteen minutes of fame, dot dot dot, and then have their life ruined. Yes. Well, they, there's an amazing Tim Minchin song that I sent to you recently, which is called 15 Minutes of Shame. Yes, I did, I, I did enjoy that a lot. Everybody is going to have their 15 Minutes of Shame, and that's exactly what it is. Because let's be honest, not a single person, not a single one of us has ever <coughs> said something that could not be misconstrued right. as hurtful or hateful. We have all done it. Some of or, us more publicly than others. Or let me be completely honest about myself. I have said some things in the past that I currently do not agree with and am ashamed that I said, but it's there and I can't change it. Exactly. Or but things I've said to people that I'm like, nah, I shouldn't have said that. That is the path of your growth as a yeah. person. You have to make those mistakes to be able to see how they are mistakes. Yeah. And then move beyond them. So let that be known. People – 
if Jay and I ever find the fame that we deserve, and let's be honest, <sighs> we, we deserve, deserve it. it. Deserve it. If we ever find the fame that we deserve, there is going to be so much shit that people are going <laughs> to be able to dig up. So here's now I what don't I want that fame Jay, anymore. Here's what I propose. I propose that once we hit a level of fame, you and I will build together a press kit of all of the shameful things, <laughs> and we're going to put it that out we ourselves. have done, and we will put it out ourselves. I like that. Is that fair? We're, we're going to get ahead leak, of the bullet. We're going to leak our own shit. We are. And we're going to be like, and, and we will criticize ourselves. So we'll yes. be like, look at these fucking assholes <laughs> and their beliefs. What pieces of shit. Shame, 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 shame. Also, buy our new album now out on iTunes. <laughs> High five. Somehow we manage. Exactly. So I think that that's the way it should be. I think everyone should build, put together a press kit if you plan on being famous, <laughs> and you should just release it as just soon get as ahead you of it. as soon as you hit fame. You should just release a bomb of all your previous tweets, all <laughs> your shitty sex videos that you've made, everything, everything that you have or have done in the past. You you will just call it our gun to the head with two ends. That's that's exactly what it is. Yep. So oh, that's man. that's my plan. Now, okay, so what you had said about, you know, make doing actions, making mistakes, making egregious mistakes and then learning from those mistakes. Mm -hmm. I think this is actually a perfect transition. Perfect. I saw Aquaman. Oh, yes. Over the, over that, the weekend. That is a perfect transition. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, let me I'll I'll say I watched a handful of things. Okay. Um we watched The Favorite, um which I, I know you want to see. Yes, right? I'm you, actually you've watching asked that me, today. Okay. You've asked me not to spoil this. anything about that. Yes. But here's what you I'll You can say. tell me if it's good or bad. I will say that it right now I think is tied with Roma for the most Academy Award nominations. Sure. That's correct. Oh, okay. How about that? Fair. That's the yep. only thing I'll say until you watch it. Next week we can talk about what we each thought about it. Sure. But every award they're nominated for, they deserve. Fantastic. They deserve, they deserve the nomination. I'm not saying they should win all of them. Sure, 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 sure. But that's what I'll say. Uh, we also watched Vice. Okay, which, how was that? I don't I don't know. You know? Okay. okay did you that's an Adam McKay movie, right? Yes. Did you ever see The Big Short? Yes. Okay. It's way closer to The Big Short than it is, like, Anchorman. Okay. If, if I'm going to put it that sure. way. But one of the things about The Big Short that I think they succeeded in is that in the big short, all the asides that were like, we're going to explain this really complicated, you know, financial thing. Sure. That made the movie like an interesting comedy. Sure. They try to do that same sort of thing in this movie, but not as well and not as purposeful, and it doesn't really work. The, I, I liked a lot about Vice. Sure. I think Christian Bale does really great. That's what I was going to ask. How is Christian Bale? <clears throat> I think he's fine. Um, I don't think he was trying to accurately portray uh, Dick Cheney like, as a full embodied human. I think he was playing the caricature that Adam McKay wanted him to play. Got it. But I will say that what he was asked to do, he does extremely well. What about Sam Rockwell as Bush? He's fine. Okay. He doesn't look like Bush, but he feels like Bush. He's doing a Bush impression? He's doing a really... Well, not really even an impression. He's just sort of embodying the manner, the character of okay. who W. Bush was. Yeah. And he does fine. Amy Adams is, is really great. Um, the rest of the cast. Steve Carell? Eh. As, who's he? Donald Rumsfeld? Donald Rumsfeld. Yeah. He's okay. You know, honestly, I don't know enough about Donald Rumsfeld to know how accurate he is with it. He yeah. was the one that I was kind of like, I'm just going to take your word for it, Stevie. 
that this um, is who he's supposed yeah, to that, be. This is that this is what Donald Rumsfeld was like. I will say the most surprising aspect of the movie is that Tyler Perry is real good in it. Really? I didn't plays, even realize that Tyler Perry was in the movie. He's Colin Powell. What? And he's good. Really? <laughs> that was the most surprising thing about all of Vice for me. Was He that didn't Col- say hallelujah one time? Not once. Not yeah. even once. Uh, and he had the opportunity. This um, wasn't Medea's Vice? No, it wasn't Medea's Vice President. Got it. Um, but so he was real good. Do you feel like it should be up with the Best Picture nominations? No, I don't. I honestly think Hereditary should be in its place. Really? Like, Hereditary was a better film. Got it. Like, on all through all accounts. Well, you know the odds of a horror film. I know. Being, I know. Are as much as a comic book film. Oh, Which wait. Is nominated. Black Panther is nominated. You year. just you took the my retort right out of my mouth was that, well, we would have said that about comic book movies two years ago. Right. Now, um, can I ask you a question? Yeah. And this is this once again may be treading into dangerous territory, but let's be honest. <laughs> sure. Because the and I'm going to blame Oscars for this controversy. Do you think honestly that Black Panther should be nominated for a Best Picture as a film. I am not asking about its cultural significance. I am not asking about its, you know, timeliness in today's age. I am saying as a film, would you say, yes, this should go up head-to-head with Roma and The Favorite? Do you feel like it can be judged on that scale? I will answer your question, but then I want to follow up with the question, if that's okay. Yes, absolutely. Based on the way you stated that question, no. Okay. But here's my question. Yes, 100%. Does the cultural significance and what it stands for and all those things you just told me to take out of my thinking, do those matter for the significance of a film for the Academy Awards and being included? Should those matter? Now, you – and I am happy to answer that question because – you know my stance on the Oscars. Mm-hmm. I think it's a bunch of political bureaucratic bullshit, yeah, to be yeah, honest. Yeah. But here's the deal. For an Oscar ceremony, no. I don't think it should matter. Because I okay. think what the Oscars have uh, groomed themselves to be over the decades are not – they are triumphs in filmmaking – not necessarily triumphs in cultural filmmaking. Okay. Yeah. That that's that's kind of my stance and that is not saying that it is not deserving of awards or acclaim or the credit that it deserves. I feel like it fully is. But as a film itself, I would much rather see Creed 2 right. than Black Panther. Right. Nominated. I would rather have seen Fruitvale Station. Yeah. If we're talking the Kugler Pantheon nominated. So far, we're talking the Michael B. Jordan Pantheon. Which, let's be honest, about. they're the same thing. They they kind of are. They have risen on each other's Coug- coattails. Kugler and Michael B. Jordan have, have they attached it, they made have. some amazing uh, things together. Yeah, they have. But that's one of the things that's kind of throwing <sighs> me is I, I know so many people who are so excited about Black Panther. And I am too, because you know what? I saw the movie yeah. and I love it. And oh, I yeah, love, I think it's great. I love, I love seeing a movie get recognition that I think it deserves. But if I'm having to judge it on the macro scale of does it hold up to some of these other films from just a pure cinephile standpoint, I don't 
think it does. And it's interesting because, and I'll kind of want you to text me this after you watch the favorite later today, okay? because those are interesting ones to compare because the favorite does all of those things. Like it really does seem to align itself to, we're going to make a great film. I mean, have you seen have you seen the other Yorgos Lanthimos movies? Uh, the sac- Killing of a Sacred Deer. There was Killing of a Sacred lobster. Deer, Lobster, Dogtooth. I haven't seen Dogtooth, but I have oh. seen Lobster and Killing of a Sacred Deer. What you, would you think of those? Uh, I really, really, really liked the Lobster. I was kind of lukewarm on the Killing of a Sacred Deer. I wasn't okay. sure quite where... I wasn't quite sure what kind of movie it was trying to be. Okay, I get it. I, I can I can see that. I will say that the trailers led me to think that it was going to be much more of like a horror, right, film than it actually ended up being. Yeah, and and honestly, having watched, you know, I but I don't know if that's a trailer problem or a that, movie problem. That's where I'm going with this is that I think it's hard to make a trailer for a Yorgos Lanthimos movie. Yeah, because I mean, you've seen The Lobster. Sure, it's tough to. Uh, boil that, that down, down to a <laughs> yeah. single tone, you know. Yeah, I like, agree. This is what the lobster's about. Is it like really? Right. <laughs> like, is it really about that? Um, and the dog tooth is the same way. Like dog tooth, I would recommend by the way to you very heavily. Okay. Um, like dog tooth is the same way. It's it's hard to boil that movie down into a trailer. I would say the favorite is the same thing. Um, I think the way that I described it to other people is it's like Yorgos Lanthimos directing Mean Girls set in Queen Anne's Court in the 1800s. Ooh, okay. So it's it's not like f- funny, funny, but there are definite like oh I see the I see what's going well, on. Well, I will say that I did get that I got that from the trailer. Okay, I good. got a mix of 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 that Mean Girls vibe. There were some catty, really mm-hmm. funny, smart, quippy retorts. Yep. Um, and I like that. that. I think that those worlds merge very well. Yeah. I think that that is a, that is rife for that. They kind of experimented that with that, with, um, what was that? Kristen, du- Kirsten Dunst, um, Oh, um, Mary Antoinette, um, Marie Antoinette. Yes. And that I, was done by Sophia Coppola. Yes. So but, that's why that one's that way. Sure. But it also, that's smart. Mm-hmm. I feel it like works. those two, those two worlds and time frames kind of merge very well together. Well, to bring back a reference we made earlier in the in the podcast, Marie Antoinette works on all the levels that A Knight's Tale doesn't. Yes, totally. Because A Knight's Tale tried to do that. It's like, let's take a historical thing, merge it with pop culture, show the similarities and make a statement. But we're going to do it in dumb, like, John Turtletop comedy. Right. Marie Antoinette was Sofia Coppola basically saying, I understand how films layer together, so I'm going to layer our pop culture sensitivities against what Marie Antoinette was living through in her time period and show the similarities and show the differences, and I'm going to make a statement. And she did. Can I say that that is why I believe Hamilton works so well? Yeah. No, I would agree. And I think that's one of the reasons that it connects with people so well is that because of the – it's separated enough as a historical kind of biopic, but it's also modern enough – and Lynn Manuel was smart enough to see the parallels between our world and what Hamilton was dealing with. Totally. So it put it in it it basically made something that people oftentimes see out of reach of understanding and they it put it in layman's terms that we understand currently. Right. You know what I mean? And I yeah. kind of I, f- I feel like um, should Hamilton ever get made into a movie, um, I feel like we may be seeing that one as an Oscar contender. Yeah. 
You know I, I, mean? I definitely could think. So. I mean, almost any time something like that gets made, like a Chicago or a Les Mis, you know, it will get nominated for something. So for I, sure. I definitely see that happening. Um, now, speaking of things that aren't getting nominated, Aquaman. let's finally get back to Aquaman. Yeah, I, I am gonna say that I agree with you from last week, one hundred percent. Okay, everything that you said last week about it is exact. Like I was watching it. And there were elements that I liked. So I'll start off with all the good things. How about sure. that? Sure. It was a spectacle. It okay. looked pretty cool. Yes. Now, we saw 3D. So Okay. Great. We saw it in 3D, which was I did not cool. see it in 3D. I no. will say that. It wasn't IMAX, but it was regular 3D, and it was pretty cool. And it was a spectacle. I liked James Wan's vision for how the two worlds, you know, looked and, and worked together. Um, it was kind of like with the first time you see the movie Thor – and you go to hit Thor's home world, and you're like, oh, okay, well, this is a different planet. This is a different world. I'm in this. It was sure. kind of the same feeling for when we were in Atlantis. Atlantis. Sure. Okay, so that's all my good things. <laughs> now, um, I will say that just to your point from last week, I don't think Jason Momoa is a good Aquaman, but I think J- Aquaman as Jason Momoa is pretty cool. Yes. Can I say, just to piggyback on that, in Lego Movie 2, there is an Aquaman cameo uh-huh and it's it's the justice league and genuinely aquaman pops up and just goes my man and then jumps <laughs> and, and then jumps on an airplane and leaves <laughs> like that's like, so perfect that's it's it. so and, perfect and it looks just like a little mini figure of jason momoa like that's i mean it's it. perfect and and to your point i don't think he can act um i but i think that he's good at doing what he did and somehow what he did worked or Aquaman. Did you see the scene I was talking about on the boat where he looked like Khal Drago? Like yes. they dressed him up like Khal Drago? Yes. And I was like, surely somebody has surely. to notice. Hey, we made him look exactly like Game of Thrones. Right. I did. I did notice that. And I laughed uh, quite hard. Um, I've also decided, and I've made, I think I've made the statement before, but Amber Heard cannot act. No, she is terrible. And that's the thing is that Jace, I think I walked away from that movie liking Jason Momoa a lot more than I should have because so many of the people around him did poorly. What about how about Willem Dafoe in this movie? The biggest shock in the whole movie for me was that Willem Dafoe did not turn out to be the bad guy. Right? Like, I was convinced the whole time. I was like, this guy's pulling the strings behind. Because let's be honest. Like, Willem Dafoe, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's a fantastic actor. He's what the devil has nightmares about. For sure. For sure. Like, the devil wakes up and checks his closet for Willem Dafoe. For sure. Like, that happens. And so, when he was there and he had that little man bun... And he was like so svelte, kind of like Jafar-like yeah. the whole movie. It's like, this dude's totally the bad guy. And then he wasn't. And so that was probably the most confusing thing. It just, I thought he did fine, but it just felt out of place. Okay. And then I also didn't know that Patrick Wilson was in this movie. <laughs> and the whole movie I was watching like Prince Orm or King Orm or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, is that Patrick Wilson? Is that Night Owl? And then, like, halfway through the movie, I was like, I think that's Patrick Wilson. And then about 20 minutes later, I was like, no, that's not Patrick Wilson. And then I came back and I was like, at the credits, I was like, that was Patrick Wilson. What I did like you Patrick think about Wilson. Patrick Wilson? I thought he was the best in the whole movie, to be honest. Yeah. What did you like, think? I thought he carried himself the best. I get that 100%. Uh, okay. Here's what I will say, though. Not enough Black Manta. 
That yes. was a cool villain. That fight scene in Sicily was real cool. Yep. And that was the only thing we got. Yep. Not enough. I totally agree with that. Not enough. Now I that, thought his backstory was cool, too. Like, how Aquaman was yeah. responsible for his dad's death. Like, the pieces were there for a cool superhero movie. But the writing was terrible. Well, did whole, you stay for the post-credits scene? I did. I okay. did. So, so you know that it's setting him up to be the main villain yeah. for the second movie. And apparently, like, I don't know a lot about the Aquaman lineage, but apparently he is, Black Manta is, like, the villain Arch for nemesis. Aquaman. Like, yes. he's, he's the Joker of, of this universe. For sure. And so it makes sense that he'd come back. But like the writing was just so bad, Q. It was so bad. Yeah. Like the writing was like sci-fi Saturday afternoon movie. Yeah. Right. Like we hit something. No. Something hit, hit us. us. Like what are we doing, James Wan? What are we doing? How about all the guitar stings every time <coughs> that oh, yeah. Aquaman wow. yeah, would like. And then he would look at the camera like this. Bob. Exactly. Exactly. And then like, almost. Wow. I feel like, though, one of the things they did let me down in with the credits was, you know, it was like starring Jason Momoa, Amber Heard. It should have been surprise explosions. Should have been third build For in sure. this movie. Because at least four or five times, James One throws in the, we're just having a regular conversation. Boom! Slow exactly. motion. Exactly. It happened so much that I thought he was fucking with me near the end of the movie. I was like, are you doing this on purpose? For sure. Is this a meta thing? Speaking of surprise explosions, Nicole Kidman? Weird. <laughs> so now, weird. I will say, I love... Also, she looks younger than Amber Heard in this movie, which is weird. <laughs> well, yeah. I, I I told Amanda after we watched the movie, I was like, Amber Heard in this movie looks like Scarlett Johansson with the acting skill of Blake Lively, and I mean that as a huge insult. <laughs> right. <laughs> hey, um, wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. Let's back it up a little bit. Blake Lively, I watched her in that Anna Kendrick movie. Oh, oh, uh, A Simple Favor? I really liked her in that movie. In that movie. She played... A psycho really well, spoiler Pretty alert. well. Now, what I will say, though, is I kind of think that's just who she is in real life. Got it. I think that she's... Ryan Reynolds, call the show and tell us if that's true. I Yes, I, I feel like she is just kind of a conniving snood um, in real life. So that makes sense to me. But uh, jokes aside, Amber Heard was bad. Um, and Momoa was fine. Patrick Wilson was pretty good. Uh, you know, Dolph you Lundgren want, was good. Do you I like Dolph Lundgren in it? No. No, I don't. <laughs> I, I would be fine with him being part of other films, but I don't want to see more Aquaman movies. Got it. Okay. Unless it's going to be him and Black Manta and actually have a story and well-written Because they've already greenlit and they're making Aquaman 2. It's happening. Like, the thing about it, and I think what you had said, you know, you eventually came to the point that you were upset by James Wan and you thought he just kind of did a bad job directing. Like, there were elements where, like, some of the chase scenes, some of the fight scenes were real cool. Yep. I think if you can just have someone like a Joss Whedon do a script punch-up and actually make it a good written, good spoken, good well-rounded story, then James Wan can direct it. For sure. But I don't I, – I think someone no. needs to be involved – to help curb some of the shittiness of what was in this movie. I, I 100% agree with that. Um, and you know, now they're doing a trench spinoff as well. Did you read really? that? Really? Yeah. I didn't see they're that. They're making that... a horror-themed trench movie. 
Uh, that wouldn't be the spinoff I have from this. Isn't that weird? That is weird. I don't like that. It felt weird that they were going that direction. But yeah. James Wan is all about them spinoffs. He, Annabelle. He is. Annabelle. Uh, is Patrick fucking, Wilson going to be in that one too? The Nun, probably. He'll be the one carryover for all of the <laughs> movies. He's uh, he's the the same character. He's actually in all of them, and he's the same guy. Yes, for sure. He's a he's the Warren guy. Yes, he is. He is. Um, what else did you see? Is that it? Uh, that was about it. Uh, we had seen some like some. We watched some documentaries on Netflix and stuff. But oh, there was some news I wanted to ask you about that everybody's been talking about. It's trailer related, and you and I haven't talked about this. Yet. Ooh, let's do it. So I'll transition away a little bit. Okay. Will Smith is the Aladdin genie. Oh Where my do you God. stand? Where do you stand? Give me your opinion. Oh my we God. haven't talked about we haven't talked about this at all yet. So I did, first off, that was a weird surprise trailer drop. I had no idea that they were going to drop a trailer during the uh, Grammys. Right. Weird. Uh, but I remember I was sitting on the couch and Haley just said, "Hey, uh, they just dropped a trailer for Aladdin. Do you want to watch it?" And I was like, "Hell yeah!" So Hell we yeah. put it on the TV, and, and you're I'm like, "Wait, is that a sexy Jafar?" As it's going, this was literally the series of our thoughts. <coughs> the title card comes up, and we're like, "Cool." The music starts playing, and we're like, "All right, all right, cool." Then we get what appears to be a cutscene from the '90s video game adaptation of Aladdin. Of the <laughs> desert. And then the Cave of Wonders. And Haley and I legit both kind of looked at each other and were like, uh-oh. Like, <laughs> this doesn't look good, special effects-wise. Like, it looks pretty bad, actually. They're doing some weird, like, speed racer-type, like, focus pull. Yeah. Like, where everything is in focus. Like, foreground, background. Like, yep. everything is in this in the same amount of focus. Which looks really bad when you're doing that with CG effects because that's not how things look to your eye. So your brain is telling you, this doesn't look right. That looks weird. Um, So that happens. And then they have that shot. Before we even get to the genie, they have that (laughs) shot of Aladdin holding the lamp. And the camera zooms out, and you see him like standing on one piece of like rock uh-huh. while magma and stuff is happening. And legit, no shit. I turn to Haley and I go, Whoa, that looks terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, like sh- shockingly so, because A, this is a full on Disney production. So this right. is like. This is Disney, flagship mm-hmm. Disney. This is not like, you well, know. Well, the Jungle Book looked good. Totally. And that's what I was like, whoa, like I am surprised they're putting that out. And then it cut to that scene of him like rubbing the lamp and you see the smoke coming out. And I was like, ooh, ooh, ooh we're gonna blue get, smoke. We're going to get right. the genie. And then when I saw that weird dad botted Will Smith with a just normal Will Smith head on a slightly <laughs> pudgier body. Right. It freaked me out (laughs) like i it looked bad dude it looks so bad i don't even know what i was expecting it to look like but whatever i was expecting that (laughs) wasn't it (laughs) or maybe that was it i don't i don't know honestly q here hold on for just a second this is what i expected when he came out of that uh when he came out of that um uh uh, genie bottle. I was okay. like sitting there and I was like, any second now. Oh, crap. No, not commercials. I don't want commercials, YouTube. <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
Now this is a story all about Aladdin. Son Aladdin. Just sit right here and I'll tell you how became the genie of a town called Aladdin. I also love the fact that you just substituted Aladdin into everything. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's this how. This is qu- a story all about. about I would have rolled with something like, "This is a story all about a lamp that I got <laughs> trapped in a long time ago." No, it's like this is a story all about Al. How I became the prince of a town called Agrabah. How I became the genie in a lamp on an Agrabah. Aladdin. <laughs> but I just I like Aladdin better. <laughs> in a place called Aladdin. I am Aladdin. <laughs> we are Aladdin. I'm a well, genie and my name is not Aladdin, but I like Aladdin because Aladdin. <laughs> My grandma got scared and said, you're moving with your Aladdin and Aladdin and Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, but I that's that that's so what I felt when I watched that trailer. It just instead of coming out and being like, oi, it was just like, what's up? It's like, what in the actual fuck? Yeah, it, and was, the thing, it was here's weird. What, here's what I told Amanda, too. I like Will Smith. I do. For sure. I like. I think he's funny. I think he's a good actor. Um, I don't like everything he's been in, but I like him. And so him plus Genie, I'm okay with that. Sure. Like when he got cast, I was actually okay with it. But then I saw it and I just can't be okay with it. I don't know what it is. I don't know exactly if there's a single element, if there's a merger, if it just doesn't work, if it's like peanut butter and sour cream or whatever. It just doesn't work. Delicious. And it was like, there's something about it that I'm just not on board with. Now, I'll see the movie, but right now, not on board. So I have to ask you then, um, because we had a whole – Haley and I had a whole conversation about this after we watched the trailer about how, like what they could have done to maybe make this work. And here's the deal. Are you familiar with the Aladdin Broadway play that they toured? No, I mean, I'm familiar that there was one, but I don't okay. know any specifics. So the genie in that. Mm-hmm. Was played by a black man. Okay. He was not painted blue. Okay. Instead, his costuming was blue to kind of reflect the same vibe and feel sure. of the genie. <coughs> and you can YouTube some musical performances from it. He was fantastic. And yeah. it worked fantastically, and it looked fantastic, and it totally gave off the same vibe of the genie. Okay. And part of me is feeling like they should have just done that. Yeah, you know, and and one I of think one of the things fans would have been upset either way though. I, I think so too. I mean, the thing, the the truth, the reality of the matter is they're doing this live action remake push. You have to have Aladdin in the mix. It's one of the biggest golden age of Disney tent poles that there is. But there is zero way to compare with what Robin Williams did. There's just no way to come back to that world and not be able and not compare it. And so what I was telling Amanda is that I think there was probably a smart choice made to say, all right, well, let's not get a goofy, silly, over-the-top comedian to play the genie because that will be too close to Robin Williams. Let's get someone who is funny and who has confidence and is well-known and liked and sort of do a different comedic take on him sure and i'm not sure if they went far enough i would almost prefer the genie and aladdin to have like a mentor mentee contentious-esque relationship where it could still be funny but it's not it's not robin williams do you know who the genie should have been who who should the genie should have been the rock 
it, yeah, I could have gotten behind the rock, honestly. And they would they would have just like spray painted him blue. He's big enough already. But he has that like think of his attitude as Maui <laughs> in Moana. Yeah. Him his character as Maui as the genie would have been a, a I think a better just direct substitute. That's kind of what I'm saying. It kind of sidesteps the weird comparisons, but and you know me, every time I'm I'm always suggesting the rock should have been in that. <laughs> the rock should have been I am having the opposite effect that I have with Chris Pratt on The Rock. Right. The Rock is still in everything, and I just want more rock. But The Rock is all over the place when it comes to like characters and what he's doing. Like at least he's giving us some variety. But in we that. know he can do straight up comedy. We've mm-hmm. seen Jum- the Jumanji movie was good. Yeah. And he was a part and of by that. all accounts shouldn't have been. Should not have been. So I feel like The Rock would have been an inspired choice to play that. I wonder if Disney approached him. He, they may have, but they may have been like, oh, we've already got him doing Maui stuff. We can't just throw him over. Well, but then also- again, I mean, other other studios do that all the time. For so. sure. You know who else I would have liked? Lin-Manuel Miranda. <laughs> I, he could have done it. You know who I was thinking, honestly, is if we're telling a story about that part of the world and we're casting people, Kamal Nanjiani. Oh my god. Yeah, what about Like been, what about an I awkward don't know. <laughs> What about an awkward fast-talking genie? Like an introverted genie? A fast-talking awkward genie. I like it. I just I don't think he has the presence to be uh, an all omnipresent genie. You know what? I'm going to stand behind him. I'm okay. put, I'm putting out Kamile. Kamile Nanjiani. If you can photoshop t- that together to help me better figure out what that would look like. Well, the thing is he could have been all CGI for all I care. I don't it doesn't need to be Will Smith's he, face on a Smurf. They would have gone full Casper the movie. Yeah. With just I like mean, a, I'm okay with that. A floating bubble person? Well, I mean, think about the Jungle Book. It it wasn't Bill Murray in a bear costume. It wasn't? No. What? It was Bill Murray Dressed like a bear, mo-capped. Oh, got it. Got yeah. it. He went full Nick Cage at exactly. Ghost Rider mode. So they could have done, you know, Kamal Nanjiani as a voice and then just done CGI Genie. Yeah. I mean, it's mainly CGI anyway. Can I give um, you another Disney movie trailer that I have seen <laughs> plenty of and even saw again in front of uh, in front of Alita Battle Angel? Was that? Uh, Dumbo. Oh yeah, that's another one that is just not striking any of the co- the right chords with me. As I'm watching the trailer, no part of it is making me go, "Yeah, I want to see this movie." I-, I will say that that one I want to see more than I want to see Aladdin. Okay, so that's that's what I can say. I have just been so burned by shitty Tim Burton movies as of late. Yeah, and on top of that, uh, the the tone of the movie just feels weird and it i i feel like there is a distinct less focus on dumbo in the trailer and it's more about the story of this father and these kids right which is kind of weird um i will say this though the trailer hasn't wowed me at all like no part of the trailer was i was like wow that looks good all of it i had the same reaction i was like this looks like another shitty cgi fest from tim burton (laughs) like he just doesn't know how to use special effects but I will say this, in seeing the trailer in 3D on IMAX, it looked way better. See, and maybe that's what they're going for. Maybe he's purposely angling it to be a 3D spectacle. And it and it, that that kind of movie would work for that, I think. There's a yeah. lot of I would like to see pink floating elephants well, in 3D. Well, and you know, him holding that feather and it goes like out of the screen as he flies by. And then it tickles your um, nose and everybody just sneezes on the head in front of him. <laughs> right. Them. 
Exactly. It's perfect. It's 4D movies. It is. Um, speaking of, well, I don't know. I don't think he was in this, but one of the things that I, <laughs> I had said earlier, I thought for whatever reason, I was thinking John Hamm was in that Dumbo movie, but he's not. Nope. It's um, Colin it's Farrell. Colin Farrell. Uh, but one of the things I was saying about studios just flip-flopping actors from one from one movie to the next is that where are you? And we can end with some of these conversations, but where are you on the Batfleck stuff? Oh, I'm good with it. I so love, he's officially I, left. Yep. I really liked Batfleck, but I'm going to be honest. I, I did not like where the DCU was going. I mm-hmm. don't like what they did. I'm not – I didn't – I I did not like – Batman v Superman. I did not nope. like Justice League. Nope. Um, can I say something crazy? This actually kind of segues into it a little bit. Um, so I recently subscribed to the DC Universe app. Oh, okay, okay. Because I really wanted to watch Doom Patrol and Titans. Oh, right, uh, with um the Brendan Fraser and uh, a handful of other people in Doom Patrol. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I also... Well, I started watching Titans. I haven't watched Doom Patrol because, from all accounts, I understand that it's kind of a follow-up series to Titans. Like, it kind of ties together. But I really like that Titans show. Really? Okay. So the Fuck Batman show was good? It is very brutal. That's what what the trailers looked like. Lots of cursing. Sweet. And it works. Mm -hmm. It feels like maybe that is DC's niche. Yeah. Maybe DC needs to go not dark, but more PG-13, more R-rated yeah. with some of their films. I mean, maybe. Like, again, Marvel has kind of – they've earmarked the humorous action. The humorous kid-friendly. Charismatic, kid-friendly, family-friendly superhero. Maybe DC's universe – and we said this on a previous episode. They need to focus on the villains. Yes. They need to make it darker. Yeah, now, but not sh- but not Snyder dark. No, no, Snyder no. just goes like weepy, sad. Everybody's mopey, and the colors are dark. We mean yeah, like no. dark as in like, like brutal dark. Yeah, it can be brightly colored, but I want to see somebody's like neck snap. Yeah, come on, what are we doing? But now Shazam <laughs> seems to be kind of trying to buck that trend. But I will say Shazam also feels like a Marvel movie. It, it does. It like does, I watched so. that trailer and was I had to I know where I know who what ilk shazam belongs to but i had yeah. to do a double check and go is this a marvel movie yeah it's like oh i want to see when he joins the uh the avengers that'll be fun totally um, but yeah so have you heard the names that people are throwing out for who's going to be the batman and the I matt reeves did. One? i saw some uh robert pattinson i heard that um i'm not on board for that not no. that not that i have anything against robert pattinson i just don't think he's right for that character he's not big enough he's not intimidating enough i think he's a good actor like um uh was it good times really good he's got that new movie uh high life the high life this year that looks awesome totally so i'm on board for robert pattinson being a good actor but not for batman um the two that i've heard thrown out that i'm leaning towards emotionally are chris maloney and john ham i would um i i have heard though and I'm, I'm I'm curious as to where you got that information because I've heard that this movie squarely takes place with a younger Batman. Oh, really? So I wonder if those were old rumors because I remember they were rumored when Batfleck was casting was happening. They right. were rumored I mean, they to were. be the contenders. Um, I've heard uh, there was like a list of like four actors. One of them was um, um, shit the 
the kid from Jumanji, um, the singer guy. What's what? jo- oh. Jonas? Oh, oh no. I've heard the Jonas brother kid no. No, is no. in talks for it. Nope. Nope. Um, I heard for a while um, Jake Gyllenhaal. I I did hear Jake Gyllenhaal, but now that he's squarely in the MCU, I don't, I don't, think don't that's know. Happening. Yeah. Now, what would you feel like if the conversation came around to like Joseph Gordon-Levitt? I would love that, except um, I think I don't know that they can pull a Ryan Reynolds recasting. Like, I don't think that they can say, oh, yeah, well, this is different Deadpool. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. know that they could go. This is different from the the Nolan trilogy. I think people would just buck too hard about tying it to the Nolan trilogy. What if they were like everything that happens in the DCEU is after the Nolan trilogy with jo- uh, after Joseph Gordon-Levitt takes over as Batman and this Matt Reeves movie is the bridge. That I would be totally on board with. If they decided to instead pick up where the Nolan trilogy left off and say that is the kind of world that this exists in, I and they did like almost a soft but still hard reboot of the DCEU, I would right. be totally on board with that. Like they they use this Matt Reeves vehicle as a bridge. Yeah. To say like we're we're going to have the realism of the DCEU I mean of the of the um the, the Nolan verse. Yep. And then but we're going to add in a little bit of sprinkle to say that some metaphysical supernatural stuff is coming later, but it's going to take place in the in this Nolan verse with like hints that it's going to go further to where Justice League and all then end. Yep. I am totally on board with that. I could I could see that working. Um I don't know if that's what I want. But I could see that working. I'm still really excited about this Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie, if I'm being I, honest. When that got announced, I was not excited about it. But I am I am excited about it the more I read about it and the more that I hear about it. I think it's just going to be weird, man. And I am on board with like a weird Joaquin Phoenix performance as the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like I am on board. Just with let's that. do it. Like Joaquin, go as far as you want. Let's let's go. Let's get this done. So. uh... So we've been talking for a really long time. This is we a, have been. This, this is, is an extra-sized episode. Uh, so let's make a list real quick, just because okay. that's what people expect. That would they need a definitive top five something? This is where we make a list. The list. Three, two, list. Uh, bup, Top five movies that will never be nominated for Academy Awards, but should be in or that we want to see in the Academy Awards. Oh, like like this year movies or yeah. just all the time yeah, oh. this year. Um, I I really think and I'll throw one out there that I don't I don't know where it goes on the list, but I would would have wanted it is Hereditary. I mentioned that already. I know. So that's kind of why I went with that. I think it has some acting in it. I, I mean, I think Tony Collette. 100% deserves to be nominated for Best Actress for it, without question. And uh, especially, like, some writing, adapted screenplays or original screenplays, I think that it should have been on there. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, I think, so we're going to talk <coughs> Best Picture. Let's just recast our Best Picture. Let's just recast okay. Best Picture. That's our top five. Okay. We, but we can't use what's already in it. Oh, Okay. So I would say Widows should be on there. Oh man, Widows was so that movie was good. so good. And if we're talking performances, they had some performances that killed it in that. Um, 
and the actors and actresses that portrayed these characters did so with the expert direction of uh of what's his name <laughs> yeah um oh shit what is his name it's so Fuck. famous uh, oh, oh um antoine steve mcqueen Fu- oh steve mcqueen i almost said antoine fuqua um you know was uh was first man nominated for best picture it wasn't no First Man was really good. I didn't I don't see know if, First Man. I don't know if I'd want it on there, but man, I, that one was really good. Hey, did you watch Sorry to Bother You? No, not yet. That should be in there. It should. Okay, I'm put. I'll put it on there. I'm okay. Uh, eighth Grade. I was gonna say Eighth Grade. Yes, I definitely think Eighth Grade should have been on there. Um, let's see what else. I was gonna. Man, I was gonna. What about say, Annihilation? I loved Annihilation. Me too. We went and saw it together. Okay, so I I think if that, and that one was one that like was had mixed feelings in it, but I yes I couldn't agree more with Annihilation. Um, I think uh, let's see, what other stuff did we watch? A Man, Star that, Is Born was really good, dude. I, I well, we're gonna watch that today. Actually, it's that's on really our list. really really good. The only ones we have left to see of the best pictures that are nominated are A Star Is Born, Green Book, and Roma. And we have A Star Is Born and Roma like on deck to watch. Did you ever watch Ballad of Buster Scruggs? Yes, I did. I What'd enjoyed you think it. Of that? I don't know if it's like it shouldn't have been best picture, but it was real good. It was real fun. All the segments were interesting. Um, some were better than others, but it definitely felt like five mini Coen Brothers movies. Fair enough. All right, so what do we got? Do we have enough? We All have right? five. So we have Hereditary Widows, Sorry to Bother You, Eighth Grade, and Annihilation. All right, best um, imaginary best picture of 2019 or of 2018. Of, of those, I would put Eighth Grade, Widows, or Hereditary at the top as number one. Uh, I haven't seen – oh, wait, I have seen Hereditary. Um, I would say let's fucking give it to Hereditary. That movie blew me away. It, it wasn't it like every step of the way there was drama, there was horror. Yep, there was the acting was on point. Okay, Hereditary is number one. Eighth grade number two. Uh, just what it what it accomplished. Yes, eighth grade number two. Widows number three. No, okay. Now here, this is gonna have to be something that you decide because I have not seen. Sorry to bother you. But between Sorry to Bother You and Annihilation. Annihilation 4, Sorry to Bother You 5. I'm perfect with that. That is your made-up high-five best picture of the year. These are the ones that should have been nominated. The top five ones that should have been nominated for best picture that weren't. Yep. I love it. So I'll make a list about this on Letterboxd. We'll share it around. Um, And as we always say, you know, thanks – for everybody for listening to the show. If you don't follow us on social media, please do. We share episodes. We share funny things. We share new things going on. You can find us on all the networks just by searching high five colon the podcast. Um, and, and then we have new episodes coming out every Friday. Yeah. Give us a five star rating. If you like it and it helps if you, new people find the show. And if you don't fuck you. Yeah. I'm going to add that into our EPK that we send to people when we get famous that I told the audience to go fuck themselves. Please do. One time. Please do. Once. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. We have reached the end of another High Five, the podcast episode. It's time to lock up the writer's room and rest comfortably, knowing we knocked out another great list of things you should be watching. If the guys didn't mention your favorites this week in their lists, you can harass them by emailing them at my five at highfivethepodcast.com. That's M-Y-F-I-V-E at H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E 
T-H-E-P-O-D-C-A-S-T dot com. Got that? Or connecting with them on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash high five the podcast. On Twitter at hi the number five the podcast. Instagram at high five the podcast. Or on Letterboxd by searching high five colon the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever else you listen to podcasts and drop the show a five-star rating to show us some love. What's the worst that could happen? Selective fatigue syndrome? Maybe. See you next week. And that's a wrap, everybody. Cut, Casper. That's a wrap. Cut, printed. What happens in the next reel? Cut. Okay, that's a print. Okay, cut. That's a wrap. That's a wrap, people. Now let's get the hell out of here.